Hey everyone, welcome into the Haven Podcast. Uh, this is this week's TV slash film version of it. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. As always, thank you so much for listening. You could be listening to anything else in the world right now, but you're listening to me, and I appreciate that. A lot on the docket. We have to get to today some of the news. We have some X-Men stuff, the new Dark Phoenix movie that's coming out. We have some more little rumors and tidbits about the DC Somatic Universe. Somatic. Cinematic Universe. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a long one. Starting off strong, Danny. Ugh, starting off strong. I also have a brief review of Glow Season 2. Just finished watching that a couple days ago. No spoilers on that as well. Uh, we're going to talk about the new Alien show that's coming out. Alien TV show or rumored to be announced at Comic-Con coming out this year. My impressions of Ready Player One. I'm like 20 years late, but I finally got around to watching it the other day. And uh, yeah, again, I'll give my, my, my impressions of it and everything like that. Um, no spoilers, of course. Um, but overall, yeah, it was. Uh, I'm excited to talk about that. I got uh, I got I got some feels watching that movie the other night, so I was I was kind of digging that. And then last but certainly not least, we have officially a pilot order for ten episodes live action of a new Halo TV series. Fucking finally, courtesy of Showtime. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Um, actually, real quick before we do. Quick programming alert last week on the podcast I did mention with Ant-Man and the Wasp, the movie coming out, well, depending on when you're hearing it, which should be tomorrow, that it's officially out this weekend, had a scheduling conflict, so I had to move some stuff around. Originally, I was going to record this episode you're hearing right now, actually later this evening after I saw the film, um, how to rework some stuff, but I am hoping to see it at some point this weekend, so next Friday's episode. I'm hoping to have an impression slash semi-review of it. I'm just going to do the broad strokes and everything like that. I'm not going to do any spoilers. Full in-depth review of the Ant-Man and Wasp will be done and available on my Patreon account for Patreon supporters. So with that said, let's jump into the X-Men news. So Fox has pulled off of their official website any and all mention of the new X-Men film Dark Phoenix that they've been working on. Simon Kinberg is directing it, a very notorious producer in the industry. I believe this is his first time actually directing a full-length picture. He was one that was very famous about stepping behind the camera when Fantastic Four stick was literally going down the shitter. And as we know, that really didn't work out either way with reshoots. He wasn't able to save that. So a lot of the rumors and word leaking out on set is that it's kind of a clusterfuck on the X-Men front in terms of this movie. It has not been, a lot of people aren't excited for it. So right now we're at a point in post-production with that movie where they're doing reshoots. The thing about it is, and we just had something break earlier today where Sophia Turner had said she has no idea what they're reshooting. Everything we've heard is the movie's not looking good. It's, Heavy, heavy reshoots. Again, something we've talked about on the podcast a few times. These movies, when they get bigger and bigger and have these massive fucking budgets, the idea of reshoots is going to become the norm, even extensive reshoots. So it's hard to, I think, to take that as a red flag, if you will, because I think it's going to become more and more common. However, I think if we look back at some of the movies that we know of that had extensive reshoots, it's not really the devil that it used to be where you maybe read or heard that and you just freak the fuck out as a fan where you're just like, oh shit, this movie is going to be trash. Rogue One had it. I still thought they were able to pull some really nice things off with that movie. Even Solo, the clusterfuck that that was behind the scenes, I still think they ended up doing a really, really fine movie with that. So I'm not using that as in 
as an indicator that you know this new X-Men is going to suck. I haven't really cared for the last couple X-Men films to be honest with you. They just haven't been my thing. Fox has invested so much time, money and resources into this franchise and as we may know right now the whole DC or excuse me the whole Disney purchasing Fox and their IPs like the X-Men franchise as an example it looks like it's going to go through it's not a done deal yet there's still a, lot, a couple more steps they have to go through before that is officially approved and greenlit all across the board and all those IPs and assets revert back over to Disney's full control so with that said Fox was already full swing of filming this movie when even the rumors of something like of that situation occurring um, they were still filming this movie, so they can't really stop and do it. But any mention of the movie on their website has been pulled. I checked earlier today. I did not see it, any mention of it still, so I'm curious. Um, I haven't seen even anyone reach out really to Fox for comment and them making a statement back. Another like spinoff movie that they're doing in the, in the universe of X-Men is called The New Mutants, which is this different almost horror suspense take on as a superhero as a mutant movie so i was like oh that's kind of a cool unique idea they're trying to do something different right that has been has had its clusterfuck of things happen to it as well that is still mentioned on the website though so at the end of the day regardless of what happens with disney so much has been invested into this that i think during negotiations fox does tell disney like hey we, we gotta have this movie come out you know if you don't want it to the disney logo and the brand of marvel cool we get it we understand that but you know we need to get this film out because we've just invested so much into it so i just why they would pull it from the website i have no idea at all maybe they're just working on a rebranding I, I honestly there's not really a good excuse i can think of off the top of my head of why they need to take that movie off the website unless they're totally just trying to scrub the internet of it which is not going to happen and not release this movie which that's going to be a huge yeah that's going to be bad for fox in a lot of ways so it, it, at the end of the day it's we'll see what happens with this i just i can't hope this deal goes through with disney i really do the more that i think about it, i want x-men to go back back home and just have some new creative eyes hands and just brains on this on this franchise and just kind of really you know, bring it back into the MCU and just have a lot of cool fun with that too. So moving on to our next topic of the week, per Daniel RPK, uh, it's his Twitter handle. That's right. We're going to Twitter for rumors and news. So, you know, that's a hundred percent reliable. Um, according to what I look at, he's been pretty good about posting some reliable stuff. So again, still take this with a grain of salt. He came out, I believe it was yesterday and said on his Twitter account that, from what his knowledge of the situation, the new direction of the DC connected movies is going to be that moving forward, every DC movie, so Aquaman, Wonder Woman 1984, Matt Reeves' Batman, I, The Flash, if they ever get around to making that damn movie, is going to be standalone. They're not going to have an overarching or an endgame on any of those movies of trying to connect the universe as, you know, i.e. Marvel. They're just going to be their own solo you know, one shots and everything, their own contained story of those characters down the road. However, he said they will then proceed to possibly have them cross over and then get your justice league and all that jazz. I'm split on this. One half of me is this sounds cool. This sounds good. You're going back to the drawing board. You're going back to step one and you know, you're, you're taking it nice and slow. All of the Marvel plan. 
the other side of me kind of is thinking, what's the point of this? And I think all that for me personally comes back to Marvel has spoiled me with showing me the possibility of the cinematic universe of what it could be when it comes to these heroes. And they've done it so fucking well for the most part that that's kind of my expectation going forward and my standard for these superhero movies. That's not to say every superhero movie needs an end credit scene or an Easter eggs, you know, riddled within about this bigger universe. I think it's cool. I still think at the end of the day, and this is what Marvel does so well with their movies, for the most part, they have the focus, the lens is purely on we're, we're trying to sell you to give you an example like they're trying to sell us to go in theaters and see a movie about a guy that talks to fucking ants like that's ridiculous right to me that is one of the more obscure heroes they've been able to actually make work on the silver on the on the big screen and that just is i think a testament to marvel and their ability to understand their audience what their audience needs and wants and a great understanding of the characters themselves there's love that comes from a really good spot for these heroes and these characters. And so while they've done some more obscure characters or heroes, they've done them so well because they get it. I don't have that same faith in DC or Warner Brothers, even with this possible new direction, if proven true. And then I also come back to the mindset of, okay, say they do this, right? They're like, hey, we're going to focus on these solo movies, get these heroes right. Okay, cool. Two thumbs up so far on that regard, if you're able to do it. But then when it comes back to the idea and the report that then they may think about crossing over, okay, I aren't we kind of going back to square one a little bit? There is no plan there. And if your plan is like, well, the first half of it is we know what we're doing. The second half of the plan is, well, we'll wait and see, you know, wish us luck. Like that doesn't steal a lot of confidence. And there's not a lot of confidence to me as a consumer in what Warner Brothers is DC is doing with their superhero lineup. So I don't, yeah, so I have some reservations about this where we know with Marvel, since Iron Man 1, they had an idea, a very, very good idea of where they were going, but more importantly, how they were going to get there. That is a key part in a lot of these cinematic universes that I don't hear a lot of people talk about, and nor do I think they understand it, but it's so vital. You can know that, okay, at the end of the day, you know, the Avengers are going to team up and they're going to fight Thanos. Okay, cool. But how do you get there in a clever, entertaining way? That's what Marvel did. And that's why this whole road works so well. So while we are all speculating on the outside, looking in about the Marvel universe, like, how does this work? How does this work? Oh, how are they going to connect these dots? How are they going to explain this? That's cool. That's fun. We get to speculate. That's what it's all about. <clears throat> and Marvel knows the answers though. And I think that's kind of the cool part because there is that trust, there's that faith in Marvel that whatever the answers to those questions that we have, for the most part, they do an awesome job of explaining it. And you walk out of theater, at least for me, where I'm like, ah, I see what they did there. Okay, that's, that's fucking awesome. Like, ah, so good. DC doesn't have that. But then I can make the argument, too, at the end of the day, I mean... Clearly what DC has attempted to do with these superheroes has not worked. It has been a fucking dumpster fire. I think aside from maybe the solo Wonder Woman movie, and I think that works so well because, again, they were just focusing on Wonder Woman and not trying to basically force her into this, you know, fucked up puzzle that they didn't even know what the picture was of all these heroes and the DC cinematic universe. So... 
I mean, again, what they've done hasn't worked. So yeah, go back to the drawing board, try something new and different. And I'm, I'm cautiously, I know I'm not cautiously optimistic. I'm not going to say that. I, I, I need them to prove it to me, cons- you know, consistently that they, they are on the right track. And I'm not talking about Wonder Woman coming out and being awesome and like, oh, there we go. Like you've proven thus far that you could adapt Wonder Woman. That's fucking great. That hasn't been done. That's a, you can, you can check that box off with pride. Okay. But your rest of the heroes, like Aquaman, the movie, I'm not like sold on that shit either and stuff. And even with Matt Reeves doing Batman, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I'm going to take a wait and approach very cautious with this. I hope it works out because more competition for Marvel at the end of the day is better. Not to mention, I just want to see amazing kick-ass DC superhero movies above everything else. If they connect, great. If they don't, okay, that's cool too. Just make awesome movies. That's what it's about. Make incredible films that take us on a journey and just do these characters as much justice as possible. No, no pun intended. Um, going on to our next story of the week per Omega Underground. Not going to lie, I do not know who these people are. I have never heard of this, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I should probably vent sources a little bit better, but you know, it, it's young. The podcast is young. We'll get there. You know, I'm not, not fucking Philip DeFranco over here. I don't got a team of people researching shit, okay? So bear with me. Uh, with that said, it looks like, um, or they're reporting that Fox has approved a new Alien TV show. It looks like, I would imagine they're going to announce this at Comic-Con. I believe it's like a couple weeks away. If even that, that'd be a good spot for it. Again, this kind of ties a little bit back to the X-Men thing. Again, how does this work with Disney? I gotta, like I said, I think Fox has to disclose this stuff. I mean, they just don't announce the project and then that's it. They've had to have some kind of pre-production on it, something. They have a showrunner, an idea of what story they want to tell and how they want to tell it. At least you hope so. I mean, this is Fox at the end of the day. But I'm very curious how this works in terms of like Disney, given the green light, or if Disney's like, it doesn't matter to us. It doesn't affect us. Like, do what you want. We'll cancel shit if we need be. But hey, more Alien is good. After the Alien Covenant debacle of that shit show, I mean, I'm all for it. I think I'm one of the few ones that actually enjoyed my time with Prometheus. Um, It wasn't perfect. It wasn't a flawless movie. But I kind of think I see what Ridley Scott was trying to do. And there was a little hints of original OG Ridley Scott from Alien directing sprinkled in there, which was really exciting to me. And um, yeah, it's just, I I hope it's good. I just want good shows. That's what it comes down to. I hope this isn't a clusterfuck and everything like that. So moving on to another bit of news. This one, I'm, I'm, this one I can positively say I'm cautiously optimistic for. Showtime has greenlit a 10 episode live action show of Halo for Showtime. I'm super excited about this. This is the long rumored produced Halo TV series that we've heard about. <laughs> like it felt like it's felt like a decade ago of Steven Spielberg producing it with Microsoft and 343, you know, on the silver screen. So it's he's still attached to produce to it. I hope this fucking works. I hope it's awesome. I I mean, I'm looking at their lineup here. They have a pretty decent showrunner. Um, and Kyle Killer coming in, so that is, and then you got fucking Ryan Rupert, excuse me, Rupert Wyatt coming in to direct. He did, for those that don't know, he did he directed the Rise of the Planet of the Apes. So they did the remake trilogy of the Planet of the Apes. He directed the first one, and then Matt Reeves came in and did the second and third one. And I personally really like that one. That's the one with uh, 
DeFranco in it. Um, and he also, but he also did the movie The Gambler, which I saw that and I was like, I shut it off. It was that bad. So with Mark Wahlberg, so I wasn't a fan of that. But I think with Spielberg attached to it, and I'm sure he's just going to be walking in with like his fancy fucking scarf and shit, and just been like, "Oh, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're going to do this," and and all that stuff. From my understanding, Microsoft and 343 are pretty heavily involved and connected to this. So while they've had their trouble with Halo lately, I get it. I just I think it just fits the medium. Instead of trying to put Halo and the Master Chief on the big screen you know, and trying to fit it all in two, a two hour to two and a half hour movie with a giant ass budget plus your marketing budget. I think this idea of doing a TV show is really cool. I think it will work really, really well. And it's showtime. Like I, I like their shows. I like what they do. I think they have the right eyes on the project and what have you. So I'm curious to see, we have no details of like when this takes place. I read at one spot that supposedly it's going to take place during the halo games like the the traditional human alliance and covenant war and what have you so i don't know if they're going to cast a master chief and have him come in i'm very curious to see what they do with this show and how it all comes out but i think if done right this could be awesome and i think we just it feels like when it comes to adapting video games into film into tv it's we've had a a bad string you know I, I can't remember the last time we had a winner where it was like oh that's good like i'll still i'll still make the argument to this day fucking 92 mortal Kombat or 94 fucking still amazing does not hold up now the cgi and acting is absolutely horrible it was horrible back then too but you know as a little kid when i went to go see that and that fucking music kicks in and you see this massive video game that you played in an arcade cabinet and then later on your own home console on the big screen with all these characters and the callbacks, you're kind of just like, oh shit, you know, you, you kind of look at it through, you know, different glasses and everything like that. And that's fine, but they've sucked. And we know that like this newest Tomb Raider, oh, fucking horrible. The Assassin's Creed, what the fuck was that? And you had Michael Fassbender attached to that shit and you couldn't make it work. So the odds are definitely not in their favor to do this. I think at the end of the day, as long as they don't go in trying to adapt any of the Halo video games to TV, they'll be okay. Just do your own thing. Just try to create an awesome, amazing story and don't worry about the fanfare. Try not to worry about pleasing the fans. Are the fans going to understand this or get this? Oh, is this enough of a uh, an Easter egg or a callback for fans? Just make it look and feel like Halo. And just be respectful of the source material. There's a shit ton of novels for you to go based off of that's and made by incredible authors. And Microsoft has, you know, great people working there on this story that know this character in and out. So use those resources. And so I'm cautiously optimistic going in. Moving on. So two kind of like impressions slash reviews I got for you guys this week. Um, the second one actually ties into my Netflix recommendation of the week. Uh, I've just been on this Netflix kick and you know, why the hell not? They've just been ugh, Netflix fucking amazing. So again, no spoilers for the next two subjects whatsoever. I'm going to keep it very, very generic on purpose. I got around to seeing ready player one the other day, directed by Steven Spielberg adapted from the ready player one novel. So I watched this, this movie was tough for me. So if I had to give it a review, 
I would probably give it three out of five vetoes. And you guys are like, Danny, we don't know that ranking system. Okay, I'll go to letter grade. I would give it a solid B. When I got done watching the movie, I had a nice smile on my face and kind of thinking back on it, I was kind of going from a B minus to a B plus and back and forth. This movie does have some of the classics way that Spielberg likes to film. And if you're a film buff, you will definitely see that and appreciate that. Make no mistake, three-fourths of this movie is complete CGI porn. Not to the point of Transformers when I say CGI porn, where you don't know what the fuck's going on on screen. You can't make heads or tails of what you're watching. It's, But there is a lot of CGI in the movie, which is to be expected when you have this film that takes place in, you know, a fucking VR video game world. Um, but... I, going back and just kind of thinking about it from a pure story standpoint, and again, I know they've adapted it from the book, but they changed a lot of shit from the book from my understanding, and I, I get I understand that. But I'm trying to look at the movie through the lens like, is it a good story? Is it a good movie? Is it filmed well? Is it shot well? How's the sound on it? Does it look good? How's the acting? All those things. And I think it's, it's fine. It's a, it's a B for me. And it was really hard and difficult to me to do this because of the nostalgia. Like, Ready Player One, for those that haven't seen it, its whole thing is nostalgia. 80s, 90s nostalgia from anything pop culture related. And as I have a very soft spot for those things growing up with those things, it's kind of hard to look at it through a different lens a little bit, you know, but I tried my best too. What I can't say is, as far as what sucks about the movie, or I, I didn't care for, for me, when they go into the real world, some of the acting is fucking atrocious. Like, I'm sure they're they're fucking with a lot of green screen and everything, so that can present its own challenges. But some of the acting in the real world, I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? How is this like an, uh, a, a fucking big budget movie? Holy crap. And then some of the dialogue gets very cringy. It just, I roll my eyes. I kind of do that, like, like I want to vomit motion because it's, it's really some really awful dialogue. But then on the other side, there is camp. There's very campy heavy spots in this movie and they play to that. And I think when it does play to that and they acknowledge it and they kind of lean into it and they don't try to make it too serious, it works really, really well. And it's just like, kind of do your thing. But the nostalgia factor of like, you know, when you see Tracer from Overwatch and Sonic and fuck, oh, here's Duke Nukem and, you know, Jason from Friday the 13th. And it's like, holy shit. And you see fucking Master Chief and Laura Croft and the DeLorean. And oh, fuck, here comes King Kong and, you know, the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. It's like, it's fucking epic. It's awesome. So I think recently just came out for purchase and stuff like that. So if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's worth the Redbox rental. If you want to wait till it's like available on Netflix for free. You're, I don't feel like I wasted my time with it, but I think if you don't have that love and that care for that nostalgia of pop culture, you're just going to be lost. You're going to be like, uh, I don't get it. So when you have these scenes that are kind of moving kind of slow or nothing's really happening or they're just kind of bland and boring, I found myself, my eyes wandering. So there's one scene where the main character is like in this garage talking with two of the other characters and... I'm listening to what they're saying, but I'm not, or I'm hearing what they're saying. I'm listening, but I'm not really hearing what they're saying. And I found my eyes wandering and I'm like, oh shit over there. Cause the way he shoots it, you can clearly clear as day see is you have iron giant in the fucking background. And then you have, um, whatchamacallit, the, 
the ship from Spaceballs in there. And so I was like, oh, shit, and there's the X-Wing over his shoulder. So it's all this cool little things that they do and and what have you. So I think if you're into the nostalgia thing, if you can appreciate that, you'll definitely appreciate this movie. Because the author of the book, I don't have his name in front of me, he definitely wrote Ready Player One with that in mind. And it's it's so cool because it's such a great callback to the 80s early 90s that sort of thing to fucking the video game world and i think where we're going and you know 50 years from now kind of thing i think that's it, it makes sense i could see that happening and stuff but no check it out they did some really cool stuff with it you won't be mad to spend a couple bucks on the rental um at least i i wouldn't be that that was a i had a fun time with that movie and um especially like the first i feel like in the first quarter it's really good pacing then when we hit the halfway mark, it really slows down. It takes a little bit, catches its breath, and then boom. Because um, that final act, that third act, it's um, it's 40 to 45 minutes of just, like, epic fucking battle scene. And I kind of kind of liked that, you know? that was It was cool how they did it, you know? You could tell Spielberg did a lot of love with this movie. I, I didn't take it like it was a paycheck movie for him. Now, moving on to our second note before we wrap up here today, guys. I binge watched it. If you haven't already seen the TV show on Netflix, exclusively on Netflix, called Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, you're missing out. Um, Netflix original series takes place, um, or it's about uh, lady wrestling in the 80s when it started for them, and the Glow brand, and you know, it was real in real life, it existed and everything, so it covers that, but they take liberties with the true story and some of the characters and they mishmash and stuff, which is fine. Um, season one, if you haven't watched it, it's, it's a must watch. It's really fucking amazing. Season two takes it to a whole nother level. I thinking back on this season, there's 10 episodes. I never felt bored. I never felt like I never rolled my eyes. I was like, come on, pick it up. Let's go. Or what the fuck's the point of this? Everything from the writing, or from the story, everything with writing, from the story, from the dialogue, to the acting, to where characters go, and kind of where they're setting them up to go, the payoffs of everything, it's really fucking good. So, Allison Bree is kind of the headliner of the show, but everyone in that show is just, is you can just feel it, like they buy in, they get it, and they don't take themselves seriously with it, they, they know what they're making, and the season wraps up taking this amazing group of girls that you've grown fond of over the last two years into a new area, a lot of possible amazing experiences and storytelling devices that they can do and arc. So I'm really excited. I mean, I fucking, I'm so glad I'm not the showrunner or one of the head writers of that show because the fucking pressure that you're going to be under after season two I mean, I fucking loved it. It was so good. And I like, I cannot wait for season three. A lot of stress and pressure to like, I don't know how the fuck you're going to outdo that if you even can, because it was so, so good. So that's my Netflix recommendation. Glow season two. If you have not seen Glow season one, put everything else that's on your queue in the back burner and watch it. Um, both seasons. So amazing. With that said, guys, I think, yep, we're towards here at the 27, a little over 27 minute mark. So I think that's going to do it for today. As always, thank you all again so, so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. If you want to get involved in the podcast, um, in the description of the podcast episode will be a link to the podcast official Instagram account as well as the podcast email address. Click on those. Um, 
And then if you want to support the podcast, how do you do that, you say, Danny? Well, any review, subscription, rating on etc., all that bullshit on any of your podcast listening platforms would be greatly appreciated. And of course, if you feel so inclined, share it with any friends, family, anyone you think that might be down with this, the style and the pop culture love and all that stuff. So again, that's going to do it for me this week. You guys, thank you so much yet again for listening. I will talk to you guys next week.